Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hello, happy Monday, everybody. Yep, caffeine kicked in. <laughs> I do my best. Listen, let me say something. I do my best to bring you guys some uh, uplifting, uplifting, joyous presence. You know, the world is difficult enough. Things are complicated as every now and then. I wonder if it can get any more complicated, and then it does. You know, this. I think this wildfire. What's happening over here on the East Coast and sending out a lot of prayer, loves. Um, prayer, love, and support to those up in Oregon. It's heartbreaking. Oregon right now has reached the status of the most uh, toxic, unhealthy air quality in the world. And that's not something for us to, you know, really be proud of as much as for something for us to be horrified about. So this is just, you know, and California, we're pretty much on fire as well. I have friends that have been evacuated. So you can see the impact of these fires in the area I live, which is definitely very far from Oregon, but definitely right off of the areas of California where it's happening. So funky times for all of us, but um, you know, we got to find the joy where we can. That's again, not to ignore all the complicated or heavier, darker things that are happening, but it's kind of just about being more honest, right? We can always choose which direction we're looking in. And mental health is about really acknowledging the breadth of all that's going on. And more difficultly, it's sometimes about holding the opposition while something really heavy, sad, or dark is happening at the exact same time. There's a lot of joyous, beautiful things that are happening. And we often have to learn how to hold both or kind of pivot back and forth because both are both are real. And it's not about finding the silver lining or staying positive. I know that that is a message that we hear all the time. Just stay positive. No, I want us to stay real and I want us to be able to process what we're feeling and going through because that's mental health, not stuffing it, not denying it, not avoiding it and, you know, not using positive thinking or spirituality to bypass it because mental health is feeling everything deeply. That's how we also don't allow trauma or resentment or other psychological obstacles or barriers to occur. I want us to openly feel all of our feelings and, and openly and honestly talk about them all. Quickly, I uh, just want to give a heads up about two things. <laughs> There's always stuff to give a heads up about. So Thursday nights on alltheradio.com handles, you know I do. I'm listening live, always uh, expert celebrities. Awesome stuff. That's always, um, what is that, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, alltheradio.com handles. But this uh, coming 
this this coming Wednesday, what would that be? The 23rd, 6 p.m. Uh, I'm going to be co-hosting. I'm listening the mental health awareness program. Now this is awesome. I'll be with Yessi Ortiz from 97.1 amp. She is a firecracker, super, super, super smart, stoked to be with her. And we're going to be bringing together artists, athletes, and experts. And this is going to be going across 230 radio stations nationwide. And we're going to be looking at mental health through the lens of the pandemic and fight for racial equality among other issues. Now the lineup is what I really want to zero in on. You don't only get me and Yessi. We're going to be talking about all the stuff. You're also going to be hanging with DJ Khalid, Katy Perry, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Love that. Demi Lovato, rapper G-Eazy, Dead Mouse, Alanis Morissette, Louis Capaldi, Jewel. It goes on and on. Philadelphia Eagles, Brandon Brooks. I mean, we got a whole squad coming out for this. So check it out. Two hours of really, really zeroing in on mental health and what's going on in the world around us, which this is a truly an unprecedented time. Truly, we are in a powerful civil rights movement where we are finally giving recognition to all the violence and oppression for black people, people of color. We are rallying for queer and trans rights. Um, we are dealing with a pandemic and uh, we're trying to get that beast of a monster president out of administration. And so again, I'm going to keep reminding you, please, please, please check to make sure you're registered to vote. If you're not registered to vote, it only takes a couple minutes. I had to fix my registration status. I promise you, I think it took me three minutes. It was very quick. You can do it online. Check in on your friends and family members and loved ones. Make sure that they have also registered. Follow up lovingly, and then make sure when we get our mail-in ballots that they send them right in, drop them off at the right places. You can Google to find out the supervisor of the voting, and that's where you drop it. I wish I had more clarity on exactly what you're looking for. And also go to the polls, bring your lunch, bring your friends, stand in line, do whatever you got to do. But this is a really important election, and I want everyone to take it very seriously. And I want you to know that I, I understand that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are not everyone's number one picks. I've gotten a little happier with them as I've watched the humans that they've evolved into. And, you know, again, we want to hold people accountable to their past while also letting people grow and change and be better. That's just also the whole basis of therapy is that people can change and grow and learn. And I'm seeing that they both are and they're doing their best. And I think that that's our best bet. So please, 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 um, if you care for anyone in the world that's black, that needs health care, that's gay, uh, reproductive justice, just general civility and mental health. Please, please vote Democrat this year. We got to get Trump out of office. It's just a, a, a dark map. I mean, I said this before, I'm embarrassed by our country right now, wholly embarrassed at the way we're acting around the pandemic with not wearing masks, on the fact that we are there's still people supporting Trump. <clears throat> um, so much going on that we have to have a little bit of shame and guilt around, but we empower ourselves by being part of changing that. That's the key point. Are you part of the process of change or are we staying hopeless and helpless or just reinforcing more of the problem? Excuse me, my voice is getting funky. It will continue to because we have allergies and smoke and my sensitive, sensitive system doesn't thrive well in these kinds of times. So, all right, coming up next, uh, we're going to be doing some news. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. Alrighty, we're back. Uh, question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page. That's in the stories and uh, DMs. They're always open. So if you've got a question, drop it in the DMs. I'm sure it's something everyone else is wondering about. I'm here for you. <laughs> always anonymous, always confidential. Unless you want your name in there, throw it in there and give it a shout out. I'll shout out back. Um, yeah, take advantage of that. Also, I have to remember to keep promoting these things. I got two books out there, Sex Outside the Lines and Rebel Love. Please check them both out. 
they're uh, they really really seek to help heal and um, kind of give people a healthier perspective for sex, relationships, identity, body positivity. It's really all in there. You know, Me Too movement, rape culture. Uh, it's very intersectional, so it looks at how all of our multiple identities or positions in the social world are impacted by. Um, how our mental health is impacted by those different positions and identities in the world as long as well as our sexuality and all that. Cause that's something we have to consider more, you know, I'm, I'm still a little frustrated with the, you know, sociological and psychological researchers because they're still throwing around labels like, Oh, doing a study on men. And it's like, yeah, but homeboy, like, are they black? Are they white? Are they Latinx? Are they gay? Are they straight? Like, that matters. You can't do a study on a bunch of straight dudes, white cis hetero straight dudes, and think that that applies to people of color and gay people. We got to start qualifying those things. And I know that some, some, some of that is put in the discussion about the population sample size and all that, but often it's not. And they don't really talk about the fact that those things matter. And so remember, a lot of these studies aren't universalizable or applicable to others because they're not done on diverse creative communities. Um, you know, study on a bunch of white people doesn't necessarily apply to people of other races or ethnic backgrounds. It doesn't, it can't, right? Different cultures, different contexts. So we got to do better about all that stuff. But um, nonetheless, let's talk about some news. And unfortunately, we're going to start off with some really sad, sad news. There will be no peeps this holiday season. Now, if you don't know what those are, those are those you know, four packed, four, right? Aren't they four in a pack? Those gummy, or they're marshmallow, colorful marshmallow chewy chews, right? I grew up on those bad boys and that was the sign that, you know, what was it? We, we often got them for Halloween, probably Christmas, but definitely Halloween. And I think Valentine's day, they made really cute ones. Point being those for me really represent the holiday season. When I go to a store and I see those marshmallow things coming out, uh, there's not going to be any this season. This hurts my heart. And this is due to the pandemic. I get it, right? There will be no peeps this holiday season. Uh, Just Born Quality Confections, that's the company that makes them. They announced that they won't be making the marshmallow candies for Halloween, Christmas, or Valentine's Day. Man, y'all. Production of the candies was suspended due to the pandemic. The factory will, was able to reopen with a limited production in May. But limited employees mean can't mass produce. We're thinking, though, they said Easter 2021. This company's been going since 1923. They are a, they're an institution. They are a staple in the confectionery world and the celebration of holidays here in America. I wonder how they are around the world. Y'all let me know. Y'all got peeps over there? This stuff is good. Uh, so anyway, that was really sad. Also, internet searches for gastrointestinal symptoms predicted COVID hotspots. Okay, so Massachusetts General Hospital did a study, and they looked at internet searches for gastrointestinal symptoms, right, which is generated by a lot of different things. Um, basically it indicated where pandemic hotspots would form. They always look at search trends. And I think there's something really powerful in that. If you look at where certain searches are being done and who's doing them, that can speak to the concentration or an outbreak or, or, or something along these lines. So I'm all here. For, I'm here for this. So basically the searches included upset stomach, fever, coughing, and they were increased by almost double in New York, New Jersey, California, Illinois, Massachusetts. But that was um, right around the time when the positive viruses spiked. So we're now using Google search history for research. Um, I love that. Epidemiology, virology, like all those things are enhanced by that. I love that. Using technology for good. Uh, this is not meaningful to me, but it might be for a lot of you. Louis Vuitton is designing a luxury face shield. Because, you know, why not spend a crap ton of money when you can just wear a plain old plastic one. I didn't realize 
that I guess those that are really into aesthetics and fashion wouldn't want to just slap any old piece of plastic or fabric on their face. But this bad boy goes for a thousand dollars. I don't know, man. So they're launching the new face shield. Thousand bucks to protect you from a coronavirus particles. Face shield is outlined with the classic brown LV logos as well as an LV headband. <laughs> That's coming out on October 30th. Thank God. <laughs> Just in time for the holiday. Just in time for your stocking. Uh, also, uh, coving season is here. Oh, yeah. Anytime anything happens in the world, we need new buzzwords and hashtags. Traditionally, coughing season went from October to Valentine's Day. We talked about that last week. But this year, there's a new trend. Coving season. So it's basically cuffing meets COVID, right? So people are not only looking for someone to spend the holidays with to keep them warm during the cold weather, but they also want people <laughs> quickly so they can stop being in isolation. I get it. You know, isolation is one of the most psychologically damaging experiences that a human being can have. Same thing for animals. And that's happening for many like myself that are self-isolating. I'm doing the work that I share with you all to do. And so I'm reaching out to at least three people every single day. I am seeing some safe friends out in the world, distanced while wearing masks. Uh, and that's helping. And I'm doing a lot of FaceTiming. You know, um, like I said, I'm in a relationship with someone who lives in another country. And that's been brutal, which is why I side-eye and mad dog those that are not following the rules because you're preventing me from being in my relationship and having my life back. So y'all please get it together. But um, yeah, so again, this is maybe the moment to just say, keep checking in on those around you, keep reaching out to people. And also, yes, now is a fine time to start dating. Some people are like, oh, this would be the worst time. Nope, not at all. There's people home, they have time. You know, those that are not usually accessible because they're working so much, guess what? You can hit them up now, they're around. They're looking for connection. It's a beautiful time to build a relationship. Maybe you can't see them or truly be fully sexual with them, but you will at some point. It's okay to learn how to delay that gratification and to do things differently. Yes, we're doing things differently. Trust me, I'm not dating and relationshiping in the way I would prefer, but I've had to evolve and really meet the world where it's at right now, and so we're doing things differently. Okay, we will be back in, bam, two minutes. Yep, it's a two-minute promise, no more than two minutes away. That's right, not enough time to really miss me. When we come back, though, we're going to be talking some more news, and then we're going to be unpacking pleasure. Yep, something we need to be thinking about right now. It's going to help us listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All righty, right, right, we're back. Question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page. So drop in on that. It's in the stories. Um, weighing on that. It's good stuff. <laughs> and then the DMs, as always, they're open. I'm here for you. Slide on in there. Let me know what you want to let me know what you want to learn more about, whatever you're struggling with. Truly, it's it's literally about anything. Anything psychological, body, mental health, identity, gender, relationships. Yeah, I'll even talk about your family. So um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I guess we'll come back to whatever I was gonna say. So I wanna have the talk gotta have the talk. And a lot of things I post on my social media, you know, it's blurbs, it's it's just headlines and sound bites because I don't have the ability to go deeper. You know, it's text. So people have a lot of questions about some things I post and they'll slide in the DMs and, you know, I give the energy I have, but I got a lot going on and I'm all about self-care and boundaries and so I can't just endlessly make myself accessible, which is why I'm glad I have this radio show because you guys can have more access to me. And so please take advantage of that. Slide in those DMs, ask questions, start conversations, answer the question of the night, be a part of it all. But um, I wanted to talk about the post I put out there. So I think in service of mental health, we are always, I'm always talking about how we need to normalize discussing mental health, right? And I've shared on and on about how the way we get that process going, the way we normalize something is we make people, we get, we help people get familiar with it. And the way we help getting, get someone familiar with something and develop 
comfort around it is by consistency, right? Consistency and familiarity. And so I want us to constantly talk about our mental health. I want us to constantly ask others honestly about their mental health so that A, we get familiar talking about it. B, them and us get familiar hearing about it. We also let others know that we're available for that. And um, it just starts to normalize that process and we get more familiar. Because I know right now it's really stunning for some people to hear others talk about mental health, especially me. And I know as a mental health professional, people expect me to be at the peak. And in a lot of ways I can at times. I hold the bar high for myself, I do my work, I very much prioritize my mental health. But I'm a human and I'm a human first. And we have these expectations on doctors and, and psychologists that they're never gonna be human and we dehumanize them, but it's like, we're all human first. And I've had that weaponized. We'll say, well, as a therapist, I just would assume, and it's like, we'll assume nothing. You know what I mean? Um, let me be where I'm at. So I, I'm trying to talk more about my own mental health struggles, which we all have. And that doesn't make someone less competent or less intelligent or less functional. It's a part of life. What makes someone actually less functional, less competent is when they have to hide, deny, or go into shame about a mental health struggle. We all have them. Um, so I was posting this picture of me smiling and I was commenting on how, you know, what's going on for me right now is a lot of anxiety, right? Um, everything's feeling more difficult than it would traditionally. And there's a lot of brain fog. We're just kind of feeling a little floaty, not feeling very grounded, not always as focused as I could be. And that's okay. And that was why I was talking about it. It's okay. It's okay for us to be where we are. A lot of people are panicking and they want to fix everything. You need to just let it be. And that's really hard in the mental health world. But often a lot of the work is learning how to accept, how to allow, how to witness, how to have our struggles as a companion. Not everything's going to get resolved. Not everything's even improvable. That's the goal. Improve some things, resolve totally other things, but not everything can change. Sometimes it's about learning how to just cope with, how to manage. And right now, that's what we're doing. We can't resolve the effects of the pandemic because if the pandemic's creating it, the resolve will be the pandemic ceasing to be. And so we're at the mercy of it. And I, and I want everyone to know that. It's not about not being impacted by it. That's not possible. And I want to call BS on those that are saying, here's how we just get through it. Well, get through it if it means management, but we're not going to get over it. That's just, this is a collective trauma and we're all going to be healing from it for a long time. And some of these effects are going to be longstanding, if not permanent. I know for me, my, my interest in socialization has dropped, my anxiety around things, and that's going to take time to come back right? So the whole point is getting familiar, just talking about these things. And I talked a lot about self-care and right now that's the best we've got. And that's why I'm going on and on about it because that's the way we're going to build resilience. And that's the way we're going to still be able to get the things done that are important and meaningful to us, but it's not going to be perfect. And that's really what I want to zero in on. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be the way it was before. And we need to make that okay. We need to, because I'm seeing these articles about, you know, parents struggling about the time their kids are going to bed and how much time they're putting into video games and teachers and how hard they're working to prepare the classrooms and to be present for a, such a multitude of students. I'm saying we need to drop the bar down. You cannot have the same expectations upon yourself and others as we would have in a normal time. And I mean that even towards employees and students and children, parents, employers and teachers, drop the bar. You can't expect the same from your employees, the same thing from your children, the same thing from your students. We are in a pandemic. We are also in the moment of a powerful cultural social justice movement. People that are of color and black and some white people are depressed, anxious, seeing black bodies still murdered, seeing cops still not getting you know, uh, accountability for the murders they've done. People are horrified that we have Trump in the president as the president and that he might get elected again. Like that, that is real. <laughs> that is real. And that needs to be centered. 
right? So I want anyone in a position of power with those under them to say, how can I accommodate? How can I support and acknowledge what's going on out in the world? So I'm saying 60%. Not 100%. We are not doing 100% right now. We are going, 60% has to be good enough for all of us. I'm giving everyone permission to be at 60% only. We're not trying to do 100%. We're not trying to do what we did before. Drop the bar. We have to drop the expectations we have on ourselves. Otherwise, we are not living in mental health. Otherwise, we are not centering mental health. And we're actually reinforcing ill health. We are reinforcing mental health struggles and disorders, right? So we need to put people first, people before profit, people before production. We will, we will figure it all out on the back end. Things will be different. They have to, you know, we got to look out for each other like that. Um, all right, DMs coming up next. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, we're back. Time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world. We want you to explore the confidence. Here we go. This one's a long one, so hang in there with me. It's probably one of the longest ones I've gotten. Hi, Dr. Chris. The older I get, the more I learn about family and how toxic they really are. They've always been very prejudiced and conservative, leading to a lot of fights about human rights, sexism, and body shaming. Last night was a straw that broke the camel's back, and I'm not sure how to handle this. I got in one fight with my mom about my weight and views on abortion. Whoa, we're going, we're going in for all of it where she just shamed me, calling me selfish. Then I very heated, well, then I very heated fight about race with, oh, then I got into a very heated fight with race about, with my dad. It's not the first time I've had a heated discussion with my family over race as we're white living in a predominant white cis area. Yikes. I'm always ganged up on and my voice is never heard. It saddens me and also stresses me out that after last night, I've come to terms with the fact that my family is more than prejudiced, they are racist. My dad said some pretty awful things to me in which I ended up confessing I refuse to introduce my boyfriend's family to them, they are black, because I'm ashamed and embarrassed of my family's value. I ended up leaving and saying I will stop coming around because it's too toxic and we don't have values that align. Today my mom texted me saying I needed to apologize to my dad that I was wrong and out of line. He's so upset I called him racist, he's making her life miserable. I'm just at a loss, here's this classic, I'm at a loss here, this is classic for my family, especially my mom, what do I do? Whoa, that's heavy. It's big. And I, and you're far, far from alone in that struggle. This is <clears throat> coming up more and more in my social circles, in discussions with my own family, with patients in my practice. So first off, I just want to send my, my heart goes out to you. I understand that you're trying, you're trying to fight the fight. And it's so important because honestly, the definition of allyship is that you really do call things out and you try to be part of creating change, not staying silent and letting things perpetuate, continue, or get stronger, right? And it really does become a conversation about two things. First one being that we have to know when we're having a constructive, transformative conversation with someone versus when we're just battling. And I'll share with you my own personal decision. I decided a long time ago I'm not battling anymore. I'm only having constructive conversations. Um, I will call out problematic comments and so I, I need you to kind of read between the lines because I'm going to give you my my tips kind of dropped throughout this in a vague way somewhat. Um, yeah, set boundaries. If someone says something fat shaming or sexist around you, you have a right to say, I'm going to stop you. That's racist. Please don't talk that way around me. And that has to be acceptable. We have to do that everywhere at all times. Number two, you have a right to also say, hey, listen, I'm going to stop you. That's a that's a bad boundary. I, I don't want, I'm not giving you permission to talk about my body like that. I do that all the time. 
Also, I, when I realize that someone's angry and not open to conversation about something, I don't step into it. I walk away. I, I don't put angry comments on Facebook. I don't battle people because that's the thing. I'm not battling. But if someone's honestly open to talking about these things, to debate it, to learn about it, to grow, I'm down. And so you have to assess that. And it sounds like you guys were just kind of battling and it wasn't going anywhere. So set those boundaries about how they talk to you and about you. Set those boundaries about what's said around you. Um, when they're open to having a calm discussion, talk about it. But yeah, sadly, the final landing point is we have to look at the fact that those we spend time around influence us and our mental health. You have a black boyfriend and your family's racist. And I understand that that's not a safe environment to bring him around. Please do not bring him around. It's unfair. And that's part of being an ally. Please do not bring your larger bodied or fat bodied friends around body shamers. Please do not bring your gay, trans, or queer partners or friends around transphobes and homophobes. That's not fair. That's not safe. Please don't bring your black or people of color, friends, boyfriends, or whatnot around your white racist family. That's not fair. Um, and you have to decide how much you want to participate in that system. Unfortunately, it's not family first always. I don't agree with that. Mental health is we look at the impact things have on us and we make a decision about how we can have them in our lives. It's possible if you set all those boundaries, they can still exist and you can relate around the other things. I personally, though, struggle to have that kind of toxicness around me at any point because I feel like it shows up in other ways. That kind of lack of empathy and narcissism and just violent perspective will show up in other ways and around other topics. So I personally have no one in my life that thinks in those terms. Anyone that has subtle, subtler, more uh, covert racism, I work with them. I call it out, let them know why it's important. But um, you got to make some tough decisions. And that's something that's kind of a personal journey. But try all the other things I said on the front end. See where that gets you first. But thank you. It was a beautiful question. And we'll keep talking about things like that. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be doing a little sex ed. So stick around for that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, we are back. <laughs> Question of the night is up on our Love Line IG page. That is in the stories. So weighing on that, um, follow us and, um, Loveline old episodes. Yep, they are podcasted over at wearechannelq.com and I think over at radio.com as well. You know, they're all there. We've been going for a while now. You can binge them, post them, share them, rehear things you said. Uh, a lot of topics you guys asked me about have been covered. I try to circle back, you know, update them. I always got new research, new thoughts, new, you know, clinical experience around something, but nonetheless, they exist. There they are. Um, I want, so I wanted to start doing more like a little bit of sex ed because we, the sex ed we have, I won't even call sex ed. It's crap. It's basically just talking about pregnancy and sex shaming and, you know, a really poorly informed safer sex information. So I, I need to, you know, one of the first things I have to do with the most people I work with is truly redo their, their sex education. It's a re, it's a re-sex educating. Um, so, you know, again, uh, this is so frustrating because I see a lot of people that are quote unquote experts really regurgitating and reinforcing problematic expectations and norms. One of the number one things, and I talked about this on a couple uh, segments in the past when I was talking about the relationship we have and our understanding around erections and penises and how they work, same things about vulvas and vaginas. And it's because we really come from, again, a performance-based perspective. We do that with everything. When I hear people talking about health and fitness, they're not ever talking about health and fitness. They're talking about how the body looks and how the body moves, but they never really focus on true health, which would include what's your mental health around that, 
um, what's the social health. When I hear people trying to go after a certain kind of body type, the way it looks, and they're engaging in disordered eating where they're um, starving themselves and they're doing cheat days, which is a binge day, and then they're doing calorie reduction deficit, which is basically um, starvation mode, and just all these different things, which are just horrifying to me, and they're not rooted in health. And people's life, the quality of people's life has decreased because they're exhausted, they're not comfortable going out to eat. Um, they're passing on spending time with friends to work out. That's not health and that's not fitness. And we have to really look at the global health of what we're talking about. Now that is also how it shows up in sex. People often think sex is just about penetration and we focus on how we think it's supposed to be, but that means we're not doing sex anymore. When we enter it with a goal or it has to look a certain way or be a certain way, we're not talking about sex. We're talking about some form of performance um, that is sexual based, but we're not talking about pleasure. And that's what sex is about, pleasure. It's not about babies, it's not about love, it's about pleasure, it's about fun. And it's done sometimes with two people that are in love or want a child, and often, most likely, most of the time, it's absolutely not, it's about fun. Um, and it's two consensual adults having fun. And that's what sex is about. Some people, it's their career. So many ways we can engage sex. Now, vaginismus is something that does not get talked enough about. And basically the short is it's when your muscles in the pelvic floor, your vaginal muscles make it very painful and it's very difficult to have penetration. Now, the whole first issue with that is the assumption that everyone should have to be able or interested in having penetration. There is a large body of people that have not come to confidence in this or not even be made aware of it that they don't enjoy penetration. And that's okay. And for some people, that's the clenching down, whether it's anal clenching or vaginal clenching, it's because they don't want what's about to happen. So that's always my first question. When someone says I have painful penetration, are you even wanting to have penetration? Let's start there. Because your body is honoring what the rest of you won't. And that's what happens sometimes. Your subconscious is like, nope, I don't want to do this. And I'm not going to just go along with how it's supposed to be or how you want it to be. That's not what this is about. Health is honoring what's going on. Health is not forcing your body to participate or show up in a way it doesn't want to. So the first thing to know if you're having painful sex in any form is, do I even want to be doing what I'm doing? And that's life-changing for some people. I realized at a point in my life that I was just going along with some things to make my partner happy or my partners. And I realized like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm really rooting what happens sexually in what I want to do. So first off, do you want to do that action? Number two, do you feel safe with that partner? Because it's understandable that your body is clenching and tightening if you are not around someone who's good or kind or you feel safe with. And I mean that even with your husband, wife, or boyfriend or girlfriend, that does not make them safe. It might not be. So also ask yourself that. Is this even safe to have this human being enter me? And I don't mean in terms of physical safety. I mean psychological and emotional, right? And then the other thing is, is this even good and fun? You might, you know what I mean? Like sometimes people are trying to go along with sex that isn't even fun. So really check in with yourself and say, what do I really want to do? Who am I really sexually? What kind of partners do I want to have sex with? Because that will allow the relaxing, which relaxes our body. If our mind is tense or not feeling safe, our, our muscles aren't either. So hear me say that again. If, you're, if you do not feel safe with someone, if your body feels clenched, if you feel unsafe, if you feel anxious, your muscles are gonna mirror that. Your vagina, your anus, your penis, it is not gonna relax enough because that's what has to happen. The first part of engorgement and the first parts of sexuality beginning is our parasympathetic nervous system and that means relaxation. We have to feel relaxed, we have to feel safe right? So that's what a lot of the pain is. That's what the treatment is. Looking at psychologically what's going on. Do you have sexual trauma? Are you not having safe partners? Are you not having the sex you enjoy? And all those things lead to a lot of tenseness and clamping. But a lot of the current treatments ignore all of that and they just give you dilators and they're like, let's just stretch you out. 
And for some people that can be part of the process, learning how to start associating penetration with pleasure because not everyone has had positive sexual experiences in the past. And so slowly learning with yourself, by yourself to insert things in you while relaxing so you feel in control and pleasure can be associated can be a beautiful part of that. And that's where I love the use of sex toys. But we kind of start with ourselves. But I want to start with that more global perspective. Why am I having sex? Is it rooted in pleasure or something stressful? Ah, that might be why my body's having a stress response. Do I even want to be penetrated? Do I want to be penetrated by this person? Is there something else I'd rather do? And getting the body to start to get familiar, getting you to start to feel in control. We'll talk more about that. Coming up next, we're going to be talking a little bit about signs of emotional abuse. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back. Question of the night, as always, that's up on our Loveline IG page. So weigh in on that. We'll be breaking that on down later in the show. So emotional abuse is really important, <clears throat> excuse me, and something I wanted to talk about because it's one of the under-recognized forms of abuse and violence. And that's because a lot of the things that fall under that category have been normalized in our culture. I see memes about them. People are joking about it. They see it as just part of being in a relationship or just something to expect. And it's like, no, <laughs> no. And there's a bulk of people that think being in a relationship is to be able to engage in these things. And it's not. And for a lot of people, <clears throat> these conversations are meant first, as always, to start with reflection upon yourself. Do I do these things? What kind of partner am I? Am I emotionally abusive? That's always where I want to start. And then we can start to say, and let me also look at my partner. Are they? And if you're the one being abusive, you might have helped start a system or relationship in which abuse is allowed. You know, and I've seen that happen in my own relationships in the past when I now as an adult, a more informed, educated adult with healthier forms of relational skills and communicational styles, I look back and I realize, wow, at times I was emotionally abusive and I wasn't aware that that's what that was. And I helped create and participate in a relationship that had that. And we want to get better about that, right? So we always want to look at the impact grabbing on others because as I say over and over and over, our role as we enter someone's life shouldn't be to make it worse or harder. And so if you think you're making your partner unhappy or making their life more difficult, you're a problem. You've become a problem in their life and you need to do some work or you might need to remove yourself. And that's the best act of love and self-esteem. I'm not healthy enough to be in this. I have work to do or I need to go. And, that, and that's the thing. Physical abuse, you go. But emotional abuse, sometimes there's some work that we can do and you can stay. But you have to have all parties in the relationship open to doing the work. So if you approach a partner and you say, listen, I've been thinking about this concept of emotional abuse and I feel like the way we interact or sometimes the way I interact or sometimes the way you do is that way we need to work on it. And if they're not open, you got to go, bam, bye, out. But if they're willing to work on it and willing to call it out and do that difficult shift and change, I'm here for it. I do a lot of that in my office. And some of them, like I said, are really normal. Like people think things like going through your partner's phone, that's emotional abuse. That's not having boundaries. Your part, you don't have a right as someone's husband's wife, boyfriend, or girlfriend, whoever it is, to just go through someone's, your partner's property. You don't. You don't own your partner. And that's the first sign of emotional abuse. The sense like, like I own you and I have a right to have access to every part of you. No, you don't. People are allowed to have boundaries and privacy from literally everyone in their life. You're allowed to keep certain parts just to yourself. And so that's the first one, sense of control. If you're controlling your partner, if you feel controlled, that is not part of a healthy adult relationship. You shouldn't hear things like, I'm scared to dot, dot, dot. Do this, wear this, tell my partner about this. That's the sign that you're in an emotionally abusive relationship. When you can't, in a neutral way, share something with your partner, knowing that they'll hear you and listen and talk it out with you. Even if it's something they don't want to hear about, they're, they're safe 
safe to be approached. And that's part of why lying happens at times and withholding is you're not safe to go to with truth because the way you react. And I've had that in my life, even with friends, is they're not emotionally regulated enough to be told something that's disappointing or frustrating. I personally will no longer be a part of a relationship like that. I demand that I'm in relationships of all kinds, sexually, romantically, and socially, and even familially with people where I can go to them and say, listen, this is going to be hard for you to hear. It's really hard to say, but I need to disappoint you and let you know I can't go to your wedding or you know, I, whatever it is. Um, I can't honor monogamy anymore. Like whatever the delivery is, I want the partner to be like, wow, that is hard to hear. Okay, let's talk more about that. Or wow, that's really upsetting or distressing. Let's talk about it. That's the key. Let's talk about it, right? Um, and that's part of the world we're living in right now. Not everyone has the finances or ability to travel for someone's wedding. Not everyone has the ability to really pull off monogamy. Not everyone wants to have a child after they said that they thought they did. Not every, I mean, there's so many versions of what that means, but, um, really zero in on that whole control factor and also how afraid are you of your partner to share something with them. Now, the way we start to build up against that is remember, the way we enter a relationship sets a standard. From the door, set boundaries. From the door, have privacy. From the door, have a separate self. Still, from the door, go see your friends alone. Have boys night, girls night, friend night. From the door, say, I'm gonna go see my family this weekend. I'll check you out after. You know, I don't care how long you've been together, if you're married or not, you're allowed to have friend time that's alone, a family time that's alone. Work on making sure you're not isolated and lost in the relationship. That's the first sign that we're gonna move towards possible emotional abuse is when we feel isolated. When our partner or us as a partner doesn't allow the other to go off into the world on their own. We make their we wanna make their life bigger. We're being brought in. We should bring we should be doing more, not less, right? And so really zero in on that. What kind of impact am I having on them? What kind of impact are they having on me? That's the first step. Now, the main qualities you're looking for is in relationships, we should be able to get feedback. We should be able to let someone know what we're struggling with within the relationship or with them. That's fine, but we shouldn't, it shouldn't be critical. We shouldn't feel like we're attacked. We shouldn't be attacking our partners for every little thing they do. Because the work of partnership is accepting who your partner is. You're allowed to say, hey, listen, I wanted to talk about some of the things I'm struggling with, and it can be a discussion, but you can't demand change or criticize. You shouldn't be intimidating. There shouldn't be punishment. There shouldn't be humiliation. And as I said earlier, there should never be fear. That's the number one key sign that we're in something emotional, fear. Because in a healthy relationship, there's nothing to be afraid of. We go up against ourselves, we go up against our partner, but we feel safe doing so because in the course of a relationship, there's going to be a lot of things that require discussion. There has to be, if we're being intimate, hearing things that are hard to hear. When your partner's letting you know who they are, who you are in relationship to them, and we wanna make sure we're open to that. That's, that's really what the work is of healthy partnership. Because again, remember, we want to leave people better off or at least neutral from having been with us, not worse. And a lot of people, their work in therapy is healing from all the damage that they've created or has been created in their past relationships. Because every time we go into a new one, we bring the damage of the one before. And we hope the new one will be the one that will heal us and give us a corrective and better experience of others and sex and dating and intimacy. But sometimes it doesn't. And so again, start by just examining what kind of partner am I? Am I doing these things? Am I creating a situation where my partner can't approach me? Start there and then look at the work of your partner. All right, y'all, we'll be back in two minutes. It's the two-minute promise. And coming up next, we'll be doing question of the night, so still some time to weigh in on that. And then, of course, as always, we'll be closing out the show with some DMs. You are listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back. Now it's time for question of the night. According to Cal Fire, over 7,000 fires have burned over 3 million acres in California. 7,000 fires, 3 million acres. 
really sit with that. That's why this air quality is so bad. Like I said, Oregon has the worst air quality in the world right now. That is quite a feat. Um, and I can feel it even indoors right now. It's affecting my throat. You can hear it. I'm like a little kind of congested and phlegmy. It's quite scary outside. It's dark. So the pandemic has hit the six-month mark. Oof. One of the most important elections is less than two months away. What are you doing to deal with everything? That's the question tonight. What are you doing to deal with everything? And I'm sending out love and care to everyone because <laughs> all of that, all that's happening is having the context of whatever else was going on in people's lives, financially, socially, mental health, relationally, illness, like you know, those things didn't give us a break. So I have so much care and love for those that are dealing with multiple levels because they're running a family and things like that. Bless. Question like, what are you doing to deal with everything? First person said exercising, sleeping more and eating yummy food. I love that. I love that. Eat food, eat the cookie or the pizza. Put some weight on. Who cares? It really doesn't matter. We don't need rock hard abs, right? We need mental health. I'm not worried about people putting on weight. There's nothing wrong with putting on some weight. Eat the freaking food. Sleep more. Yes. Sleep in. Go to bed late. Go to bed early. Take lots of naps. That is centering our mental health and our physical health, and that should come first. I'm all about that. I'm learning how to do that. That resting isn't laziness. Hear that again. What'd you do all day? I rested. Everyone should say, awesome. That's beautiful. What an act of self-esteem. Not things like, oh, you're lazy. Didn't you have anything better to do? No, boo. Nothing better than protecting my mental and physical health. I rest as much as possible. That's what I've been trying to do. Rest, rest, rest. Best way I do that is by putting my phone off and away for hours. This weekend, I'm probably gonna take a full day away from it. I, no one needs to be able to reach me for a full day. I'm not on call, I'm not an emergency worker. If you have the capacity to do that, do it. Even if it's just for an hour, it's game changing. Exercising, yeah, for some people. If you're feeling ex exhausted, stressed, and overloaded, for some people, that will be a further injury to your immune system and your nervous system, and you're further burning yourself out. For some people, they actually need to rest, not have more activity. But for those that are doing a lot of passive uh, resting and they're not a lot of movement, it's the opposite where you need to move your body. Every single day for at least 30 minutes, move your body in some capacity. I don't care what it is. Um, question tonight is what are you doing to deal with everything? And everything's a big word right now. Someone else said plant medicine, rest, hydration, and meditation. So you're kind of calling out what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of rest as much as possible. I'm letting myself go to bed early. I'm going to bed crazy early and I'm sleeping in. I'm getting like nine or 10 hours a night and that, that's feeling like what I need and I'm making sure that I get that. Nothing is allowed to come interrupt that. Also, rest and, I'm sorry, hydration. I'm always chronically dehydrated. I'm always working on drinking more. I love that. Meditation, and I'm also doing plant medicine. Edibles have been something that have really been helping my nervousness, and it really helps soothe me at night. So I, for those that have legal access, plant medicine's awesome. I love edibles. They chill me out. They take the edge off. I'm here for it. And for some people, that's part of their sobriety. Sobriety has a different definition from everyone. I don't drink, and I use the word sober sometimes, but yes, I do do plant medicine and take edibles. Cannabis for me is medicine, it's healing, and that's part of my sobriety. Um, and I define myself as sober while taking that. Someone else said, for what are you doing to deal with everything? I still have a job, a roof over my head, I'm able to pay my bills, and my friends and family are still alive. Without denying anything I'm going through, I'm one of the fortunate ones, and I want to acknowledge and pray for those who are less fortunate and have lost everything. I've just been praying a lot. Ooh, that was beautifully said. That was very vulnerable too. Praying a lot, yeah. I do my own version of prayer. It's not very traditional. I have 12 years of private Catholic school. They, 
<laughs> they really actually kind of turned me off and it doesn't feel like a very healing process, but I have my own form of prayer and that's me just honoring, connecting to something bigger than me um, and just the rest of the world. You know, we're all interconnected. We have these false boundaries of, you know, my neighborhood, my country, my state, my gender, um, humans versus animal. Like, no, we're all a connected system, truly. And so you have to really kind of honor that. Question tonight is, what are you dealing, doing to deal with everything? Someone said, stay in Canada. I'm trying to get to Canada. My love lives in Canada. Uh, Canada's awesome though. I prefer Canada right now far, far more than American American politics and what we're doing. Someone else said, smoking a lot of weed and they put it in caps. I hear you, man. Plant medicine, whatever you gotta do to take that edge off. I love it. I'm more, I'm more a fan of the plant medicine than I am the pharmaceuticals, although that is a necessary important part of people's mental health. I'm not knocking it. But for me personally, I do better on the plant medicine. Someone else said, I actually bought an Xbox and it's been helping. Since we can't go outside because of the pandemic, the heat or the fires. I mean, listen to that. You can't go outside because of the pandemic and the heat and the fires. It's like the triple threat. Xbox, you know, I've never gotten in video games. I've never really, really played them. When I was a kid, we had an Atari and then the, the first um, generation Nintendo. Awesome stuff. I am thinking about getting the first generation Nintendo going old school. Maybe I'll do that. It's not easy to hook up to your TV. You guys have no idea how technologically stupid I am, truly. Um, or maybe you do. <laughs> if you, maybe you actually do. Everyone that works with me on the Loveline tech, tech side, uh, God bless producer Alex, shout out. She's like, oh, I do. <laughs> anyway, all right, I digress. Coming up next, DMs. We're back in two minutes. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, we're back. It's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world. We want you to explore with confidence. Uh, these questions come from y'all on our Loveline IG page in the DMs. Slide on in there, drop your questions. Sometimes I pull them from the questions that come into my private Dr. Donahue IG. I don't always, I'm not that available on that. Y'all, it's self-care, it's boundaries. I do my two shows. I see my patients running a you know clinical training program. I get a little tired, you know what I mean? The rest of my time needs to be going towards other things. But I'm here for you. So if you have a question for me, you want something figured out, drop it in the DMs. This one says, hi there, can you recommend to me or perhaps our entire Loveline community a short list of natural lubricants you'd recommend? I'm more likely looking for brands that will most likely not be found in a retail store. Oh man. All the ones I recommend would be found in a retail store. <laughs> like, sorry, I, I, that's just how that goes. Like, it, it's this is such a specific thing. I wish I had this like broad sweeping answer, but it really depends on your needs and your body. Are we talking safer sex? Um, for condoms, you don't want to use something oil-based. If you're not a condom user, then you can use something oil-based. You really have to see what you prefer because the different materials are going to have different reactions, just like other products you want to do a spot chest and put it on your arm a little spot see if you have any kind of reaction i recommend to some people the use of coconut oil more for external use that can create some bacterial infection infection issues in the vaginal canal um, it, does, it tends to do better in the anal canal uh, sex toys should have water-based lube used with them making sure they're not touching um, some of them are more organic and natural you really really got to do the research i wish 
I wish I had, I mean, the Silk line, I'm a big fan of. Um, I work a lot with them. I think their lubes are awesome. I think their lubes are high quality, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're right for everyone. And so I usually kind of defer on, you got to do a little research and see what your needs are. Is it for toys? Is it for outer course? Is it for inner course? Outer course, of course, being meaning non-penetrative things, which gives us a wider range of things we can utilize. Inner course, some people have a higher risk for bacterial infections. Um, so you kind of got to do the homework on your own. I know I'm letting you down a little bit with that one. Um, it's just that's very particular. Some people have reactions to smells. Some things have more of a smell than other things. Um, something, some people like a silicone-based product. So really kind of test it out. A lot of the stores have samples, um, but go online. I know. I wish I had a better answer for y'all. Kind of letting you down with that one. But that's the thing. Like Everyone's body's different. Everyone's psychology is different. Everyone's sexuality is different. And there's no one thing that will work for everyone. Even when people ask me about sex toys. Again, I say, is it for outer course? You're going to use a vibrator for sensation on your body. People re don't realize that. You can use a vibrator externally, using it on your nipples, on your chest, on your thigh, on the head of your penis, on your uh, vulva, um, between our legs. It feels in the per uh, perineal area. It feels really good, that vibration, just rubbing it on ourselves. So that's always my question. Is it for external use? Then you maybe want something larger. For penetrative use, maybe you want something smaller. Do you want something that's a dildo, something that's a vibrator? Do you want the vibration? or do you just want the pressure? Um, there's so many things to consider, but always look for trusted companies that use safe um, ingredients uh, because these things are going in your body. And if it's something that's like a lube, it's gonna get rubbed into your skin and absorbed and enter your bloodstream and your system. And so be very thoughtful. And that's why oftentimes the better products are a higher price point because of the quality of the ingredients. And so, yeah, you gotta kind of invest a little, but, but um, ask around and do a little research, you know? Sorry if I let you down with that one. Um, all right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow night at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. As always, Loveline is podcasted over at wearechannelq.com, so go check it out. And as always, on Thursday night, check me out as I'm listening live. It's a live stream show on all the radio.com handles, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And that's at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And that's always celebrities and experts. And uh, this Wednesday, doing a big old show, 230 different radio stations across the country at 6 p.m. Tons of celebrities joining us. I'll be with Yes Ortiz from AMP 97. One, and we're going to be co-hosting this amazing event centered around mental health and the pandemic. I am super stoked, so please check that out. Uh, also, question night's always up on our Loveland IG page, so get up on that story, answer those questions, and drop me some DMs. I love hearing from you guys. I'm here for you. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out with me, and you guys have a beautiful, beautiful night.